Hey, y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. (laughs) That's when the screen is shifting side to side. And it was like, the proud family. What? (laughs) You and me will always be tight. Family every single day and night. Even when you start to acting like a fool. You know I'm loving every single thing you do. I know that I can always be myself. I'm running to you and anybody else. Every day as I'm heading off to school. You know there's no no one I love him. See you. A family. Proud family. Proud family. They'll make you scream. They make you want to see. Oh. Right. oh. <laughs> it's a family thing. A family. Proud, proud family. Proud family. They'll push. See, you okay. know, there's so many different levels in this that I can't sing them all by myself. The acoustics in this room is just not appealing. You know, I've been told that I sound like a combination of Jesus and Fergie, you know, and so. Yeah, it's yes, because hot. if you ever hear the Lord's voice, isn't it? Is that we can't handle it. Yes. We you can't know, handle hearing so, the Lord's voice. I don't I don't just, think we can handle hearing this right now, neither. Yeah. So it's okay. I mean, like I said, I haven't sung since show choir in 2008. And so I just, <clears throat> I just wasn't warmed up. It's okay. We'll move on though. Okay. So we're done with that. If you cannot tell, this episode will be all about the Disney animated uh, show, <laughs> The Proud Family. <laughs> The Proud Family. <laughs> <laughs> With voices from Kyla Pratt, uh, Paula Joy Parker, Tommy Davison, Joe Marie Payton, Carolina White, uh, Alyssa Reyes, who was the girl from All That. I have forgot about her for a while. Um, oh. Cedric the Entertainer, Orlando Brown with his crazy self. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rock <laughs> Kelly, uh, Ari Spears, and lots of guest appearances from famous voices as well. So listening, watching the show again for uh, this podcast, I realized this show was black as hell. Oh and I loved my gosh. Every second of it. Yes, like literally when they when Sugar Mama said, I, I'll smack the black off you and it went on the wall. I was like, wow, like <laughs> <laughs> only a black family would say something like that. And only a black show would like an animation series if, at that will show the black on the wall. Like that was genius. <laughs> that was I genius. mean, I haven't seen another animated series with Lou Rawls. I mean... Who has no. Lou Ross on the show? Then the, the kids are remixing uh, Rumors by Houdini. Right. And the, the it, rapper on the show sounds like DMX. It just, it was, it was everything. It. <laughs> it was, you know, and then honestly, this was one of the first animated um, shows to be, to have a female lead. So with Kyla Pratt being the female lead, she, like this is the first animated Black show like this. Um, for its time. And then it was also, it was the very first animated original series. Um, and I was watching this um, this YouTube video and, you know, Bruce Smith is the creator of Proud Family. And um, he got his, his motivation 
for this because he he felt that there weren't any animated shows for us at that time. So this was like early 2000, so 2001, uh, Proud Family was created. And so he was looking at like The Simpsons and King of the Hill and realizing there weren't really animated shows at that time. I mean, of course, you had other ones like um, Happily Ever After, uh, Fairy Tales for Every Child. That was on HBO. Which- was amazing and I wonder if I can find if I can stream that for my future children because they oh my god right I love that and then that was only from 1995 to 2000 so then that once that went off the air uh well that that was on the air and then proud family came in but before happily ever after there was Wayne head boop 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 Wayne head (laughs) (laughs) and guess who was the main character the voice for the main character Orlando uh, Brown. Wow. Yes. It's just, he has such a promising career and future. with He's done so many great things. He really he, has. Major pain, being in oh, episodes yeah. of Family Matters, being like a uh, guest starring on Jamie Fox mm-hmm. show. He's done so much. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just the pressures of Hollywood with child stars or if yes. it's all of the drugs um, that also are present there. But it just drove <laughs> your boy crazy. But do you remember Bear and Jamal? I do. I we used to have at my house. We had Sea Bear and Jamal on VHS, and my little brother used to watch it over and over, over. and over. I could probably recite you a good three episodes of Sea Bear and Jamal off the off just off the dome. Wow! I like when I look at it. I'm like, oh snap! I was like six years old when that came out, and I I don't remember it. I don't remember Sea Bear and Jamal. Sea Bear and Jamal. Yep, it was Tone Loke with the voice of uh Sea Bear. It was a yeah. really good show. Yeah. It was kind of so. in the it was like if uh Bebe's kids was child friendly. Yes. And then of course you can't talk about Proud Family without kind of having or touching a piece of Bebe's kids because like I mean uh Bruce Smith also was the creator for that as well um so he just really wanted to see in partnership with robin harris yes yes his flowers i'm sorry yes um and so what i noticed that he does that i appreciate is he humanizes his black characters and so with that especially in baby's kids you know that scene when he has to leave them in the apartment and he's like really saddened about their living environment and things like that and then the fact that within the Proud family, there's so many cultural layers that they hit, not only about being Black, but then other cultural aspects that uh, a lot of cartoons didn't necessarily take into consideration at that time. So uh, shout out to Bruce Smith, um, Ralph Farquhar. Farquhar, am I saying that I'm right? glad you tried to say that, Dave. Because <laughs> I saw it at the end of every episode and I was like, mm, child, I have no idea. We're just going to call him Ralph. Yeah, Ralph yeah. F. Ralph F. Um, Ralph, Ralph is actually co-creator of um, the Parkers and Moesha, which is also why you kind of get kind of that sitcom-y type feel from Proud Family because Bruce really was intentional about choosing someone, not so much from the animated world, like animation world, where like they they had it set up a certain way. He wanted to have the sitcom and the setup that um, he saw with like Moesha and... Um, and the park is and and many other uh projects Ralph has uh been a part of, but yeah, which I thought was great because there was really good comedic timing 
um, <gasps> in the Perfect. Proud family, which right. I just appreciate it so much. And I definitely feel that even though <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so much comedy in there. For those that don't know, that is uh, Poppy Boulevardez's laugh. <laughs> which... <laughs> Childish. It goes without saying is uh, one of our quotables. <laughs> yes, one of my quotables. Um, Trudy! Trudy! <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> when they find out when my sugar mama makes one of Oscar's proud snacks and she said, yeah, I put my foot in it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone says they put their foot in it, I think about Sugar Mama. I will never be the same again. And then you gotta spit it, and then <laughs> that's it. That's about it. Those are those are my quotables. I mean, well, along in that vein, I also liked it when Dijanae would say "Penny Proud." <laughs> Why is everybody yelling? <laughs> Expressing urgency. That's what's happening. Um, I also liked. Wizard Kelly's every time uh, something terrible would happen, he would just give them uh, like a coupon for fresh hot butter popping corn. (laughs) (laughs) And then Wizard Kelly's uh, movie theaters. Right. And then you got, of course, you got to have his brother in there. Um, Oh, Oh, anything that Bobby said because (laughs) Cedric and Taylor used to, ow. It's the fruit cake that ain't got no fruit, y'all. Now. (laughs) So I love Bobby just for that. Like, I, no matter what he said, I just needed him to come in it. Now. (laughs) And the way he walks is just priceless. Like, he's just too cool for school. (laughs) With his boosty collar's outfit on. Um, and then I also like, I don't know why, but uh, there was the episode with the bullies that had came. It was, um, I guess, on the Gross Sisters turf and mm-hmm. they were the altos and they had to <laughs> sing it like that every single time <laughs> because they were <laughs> the altos. <laughs> and then there was the chant. My last one is the chant where the um, that the girls would do. And like it changes throughout different episodes. But on the first episode is we girls, we bad. We kick the boys. And then the theme song comes in right away. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, they change it. And I just think it was so cute because all girls need, need a chant like that just to express their awesomeness. I like, if I was to do another one, it's not really a, a quotable, but stop spreading those rumors around. Stop, stop spreading, spreading the, lies. the lies. That was my jam. <laughs> They did a whole remix to Houdini. This show was so bad. No, did it. you? I I never realized Smokey Robinson was on here. Um, Steve Harvey made an appearance. Girl, everybody. Um, a little bit of everybody. And I, and then, you know, an interview I was watching, they were saying that it was important for them to have these people come in because had they not had this show, they wouldn't have had any animated experience. And so um, this was a, a chance for people to kind of step in and see what it's like to do animation. Awesome. Look at Black people creating opportunities for us to just continue oh to grow and flourish. It's just, this is why we need people in every room. 
mm-hmm. that you can create opportunities to bring other people of color in and have those experiences as well so that we all can grow. Um, it's just awesome. I love this show. Yes. It's and again, I don't know how we ended up in LA again following another young black female. I feel like we do that so much now. <laughs> I think it's because of the producer, the executive producer, yeah. Ralph. And, and especially when you look at the Parkers and you look at Moesha, they get so much representation. Yeah, which I didn't realize that at that time, the 90s, like a lot of the shows and stuff seemed to be, or movies seemed to have been in like LA. I mean, it makes sense because that's where the creatives were at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I guess a lot of the references I probably didn't even get until I got older. Like the fact that La Cienega's name is La Cienega Boulevardes. Because there's a street (laughs) in LA called La Cienega Boulevard. And her mom's name is Sunset Mm -hmm. Boulevardes because there's a Sunset Boulevard in LA as well, which is hilarious. So now, because I, I know that, I didn't know nothing about LA as a kid. So I didn't even know that was a thing. I was just like, oh, La Cienega. Okay. Right. And then like um, even how they took BB and CC, their names, they, the babies, <laughs> their BB and CC. Um, what is it? Wine? Wayne? Not wine. Oh, ooh, girl, I need for you to know that's, that's the Winans. <laughs> See, I still had the Wayans in my head. Winans. Wayans. Wayne head got stuck in your head. It did. It really did. Um, I don't know if you noticed with your appreciation of the theme song mm-hmm. that it was sung uh, majority by... Solange with background vocals by Beyonce and I just think that it's so interesting that Beyonce sung on the Proud Family hook and now her family or theme song and now her family resembles the Proud Family with the twins the oldest daughter the husband and the wife oh yeah oh look look at the universe just coming full circle I suppose you know I thought that Destiny's Child was the ones who was singing the song and I thought Beyonce was Solange voice for many years, I didn't realize that Solange was the main singer of the theme song. You did watch the commercial that used to come on the Disney Channel that they had. I just thought that they played over and over and, and over, over again. again. I know. But see, here's what I thought. I was like, that's so nice. She's letting her sister be a part of, <laughs> of her family. I was like, that's proud family right there. That's it. Poor Solange. I'm- Put some yeah. respect on Solange Day. <laughs> she, she, you know, she got cranes in the sky. We better put some respect on her name. Listen, that album go hard. Don't it though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to know, this is the biggest question that I have. Um, what is it? I think it? probably for the whole episode. Tell me. <laughs> As a... <laughs> Indeed I will. Did you know, as a child... That the girl sisters were blue because they were ashy. I did not know that till I was an adult. Get out of here. That's why they're blue is because it, it's ash. I thought they was blue because they was sad. They was blue because they was ash. <laughs> Bruh. Everything from head to toe. It was from just head dry. to toe, child. Just dry. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I did not know that. Wait, I have a question. <laughs> Yes. How how old were you when this was out? This is 2001, so how old were you? I don't know, girl. A year older than you. Okay, so you're 12. <laughs> I was 11. I was 11 when this came out. I was super excited. I remember being so excited to watch the episodes and even more so excited at 15 to watch the movie, the Proud Family movie. 
and and watching these cashews dance like they was busting a move. I loved it. Okay, so I have to admit something. Um, I've yeah. I've never watched the movie. What? <laughs> I will watch it right now on Disney Plus when we finish the episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to watch it. Because I was so scared that it wasn't going to be as good as the show. It was. It, to me, it was good. Okay. I enjoyed it just as much as the show. Then as a kid and even as an adult, like I do what I watched it again. It was funny, especially like because again, at, at 11, I didn't pick up on half, half of the joke <laughs> in this in this uh, this sitcom because I mean, when, when you're a kid, you don't like that one episode about like um, Penny was Penny running for something, um, but they where she was talking about Republican and, and where she taxes. said we Republican we don't pay taxes. <laughs> yes. And I was like, whoa, like that would have totally, I, I didn't know that at 11, but at this age, I was like, no, she did Well, <laughs> you know. Shade, child. <laughs> yes, or just the level of shade for La Cienica. Like I knew I didn't like La Cienica because Penny didn't like her, you know, at 11. But as an adult, when she was like, oh, look, nappy and happy, bitch. <laughs> did she just call my, what? Did she just call my baby brother and sister happy and nappy? I don't know. And then she said, she said, it's BB and Cece. And she's like, isn't that what I said? Yeah, I had to, she had to see me about that. <laughs> Dijanae had the whole penny back. She, she already knew. She I just said, kid, uh, BB, Cece, let's go home before I make some bad decisions in front of you. Let's just go. <laughs> Get out my house. Carry your ass across the street. <laughs> see your mini mansion. <laughs> That's right across the street from my regular house. Right. So let's, and then also, I have to also point out the fact that like, they're, they're living like this fabulous life. So what does, what's his name? What does her father do for a living? La Cienega? La Cienega? Yeah. I have absolutely no idea, but I know that the mother is oh. a police woman. He's in contracting. Oh uh, yeah. Felix. Construction. Felix yep, yep, yep. Construction. Yeah. And then Oscar is the entrepreneur of proud snacks that is terrible and they go through they go through like so many episodes to prove <laughs> how disgusting and deadly the proud snacks are but yeah he's deadly <laughs> deadly girl deadly people be passing out <laughs> when they eat them stuff be dying <laughs> I just don't understand why the proud snacks had to be so disgusting and he always promoting it and that poor Trust monkey me. that had to, to to taste them and test them. <laughs> right. You saw, Wait, not Mariah Carey's monkey. Are you talking about Mariah Carey's monkey? Y'all, Mariah the Carey had a monkey. Places. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah Carey, speaking of which, another cameo from a celebrity. Uh, Alicia Keys was on there. Gabrielle mm. Reu- uh, Union. Reunion. Did you just uh, say Reunion? Ooh. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Gabrielle Reunion. Was on there. Right. Like, it was a whole bunch. Um, I just also wanted to appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You want to appreciate who? Let's do it. Uh (laughs) I don't trust you on the button. (laughs) I won't touch it no more. (laughs) You lie. You lie. I ain't doing (laughs) that. Take a second to appreciate um, Aerie Spears. Who did the voice 
of like several different characters. He was the voice oh, of Wizard yeah. Kelly. He was the voice of Sir Paid a lot, who awkwardly sounded just like DMX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most death also made an appearance on here too. And the way they drew him, he actually looked just like most death. It's so cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that last day because I know it would have bothered you had you not. <laughs> yes, I was really about to like be like, let me Google who was on here, who was on Proud Family. But yeah, I think I think the characters, um, like for especially for Proud, uh, Oscar Proud, it was just like, how did how could they afford to live in that house? And then I'm thinking, oh, Trudy was a veterinarian. Trudy was bringing in all the money. Trudy was bringing Trudy. in the bacon, fried it up in the pan, and serving it to the family. And serving <laughs> it. And so, and then a part of me was like, why does she keep asking Penny to watch her twins? Those your kids. Then nobody take. And then I had to stop. And I said, no, Rosie, she's a working black woman. Mm-hmm. And she has an older child, and you would do the same thing. <laughs> you got it. And as an older sibling. Sister, Older mm-hmm. sibling and older cousin. Mm-hmm. That's just how I go. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> You're 14. You can watch them. So. I don't want to watch your kids because I didn't have these kids. They your kids. However, exactly. I'm going to, and I'm not going to say that out loud to your face uh, where you can hear me. I'm going to wait and go in my room and close the door and whisper it to my stuffed animals like a good self-respecting tween would do. Or, or wait till you get a podcast at a certain age where you can say it. <laughs> I'm probably going to get some ugly text messages. Right. <laughs> Might, and it's okay. She she's sorry. <laughs> you know, I love you, Brandy and Sam. You guys are the best. Your kids turned out okay. <laughs> they didn't end up in the oven. That's all that matters, right? I didn't lose them, right? You like know? she lost BB and CC. I didn't let nobody she call did. their kids happy and nappy. <laughs> them kids though, they were smart. They were baby geniuses, and they were so mean to Puff. They terrorized Puff. What they what they were doing was they were using him as <laughs> as their subjects, dummies. <laughs> they used their subjects, and they did they did baby research on him, and baby some things research. went well, and other things didn't go so well. They and tested that's why, their hypothesis on whether or not things could fly. They were learning the world around exactly. them through puff. Exactly. <laughs> You know, they and they couldn't get into that prestigious school that Trudy wanted them to get into because Oscar didn't want to give uh, the man no more money and he didn't like how he was touching up on his lady. So there's that part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said lady. I got that from Shanae. Anytime, anytime I say anything, I'm a lady. <laughs> gotta say it like that. You can't say lady regular now if, you, if you're listening to this. I did like all of the the other like references to other shows, other black film that was in this show where they had like the episode that was kind of like Moesha and it was yeah. called Isha. Like y'all yeah. didn't even try to change it up. <laughs> Again, like Ralph, really Ralph? You had to put your own plug in there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And then the, the episode where she could talk to the tiger um, because she was the Kyla yes. Pratt, rather, play, had just played in Dr. Doolittle. And so then she yes. had the episode where she could talk to the tiger. I said, look yeah. at them tying it all together. I loved it. I loved it. Of course, when I think about the the one episode with Smokey Robinson, and then um, 
I, I guess this is a quotable. He was like, um, Oscar says, everyone knows Smokey Robinson has green eyes. And then he looks at him again. He was like, ah, Smokey Robinson. Because <laughs> <laughs> they zoomed in on his green eyes. I just love animation, man. Like, I mean, you could take some of those like uh, metaphors and really bring them to life in these shows. I think one of my favorite episodes, I think my favorite episodes are the one with Ramadan and, um, mm. no, I have three, Black History Month and Kwanzaa. Those are I my- knew you was going to say Kwanzaa. You just are such a after school special kind of gal. You love <laughs> a good moral in a story. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it just do. touches your heart. Do you watch a lot of Lifetime movies too? I do. I do. And I think I think because of the like you said, the lesson learned in all of that is just honestly, I again, I didn't really see all of it as a kid. I got pieces of it. But as an adult, I'm like, every kid needs to watch this cartoon now Mm -hmm. (laughs) because every episode there's a teaching moment. Right. And I feel like that is something that I am missing in a lot of the newer shows is that they don't Mm -hmm. have that everything is resolved in this 22 minutes and we've learned the lesson and we're all better people because of it. And I think that too, like they did have those heartwarming moments where they talked about, uh, of course, cultures and diversity and holidays and values, which were really important. And they also touched on like some more just tween early teenage life lessons like when the girls get the negative attention from the older boys because of the outfits that they're wearing and lying to their parents and stuff like that hip-hop helicopter girl (laughs) why i was like so did they they couldn't use soul train so they changed it to a hip-hop helicopter (laughs) yes with big boy Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another big cameo. Right, um, right. And so I just felt like this is such a wholesome television show for Black children. I love it. So how are you going to make this turn into something dark so we could diagnose it? Because you know how you do. Easily. <laughs> because just like in real life, you might know and love the people that in your family in your that you are proud of in your proud family, and they still might have some stuff that is going on with them. Nobody is perfect, just like the Prouds. And they were a healthy, loving family who did the best for their children. And it is possible for you to be a healthy, loving family and raise children and raise your family in a healthy way and still have some diagnosable characteristics. Trivia question. Where does Sugar Mama live? So at first, she does have her own place. And then it sounds like by the second season, she's back in the Proud family house. There was a couple of times where he said, like, why don't you go to your house and different stuff like that. And then it's like they just stopped saying that. So I guess that I no, had thought she, maybe she moved back in. Nah, she she's always had her own spot. And the only reason why she came over there is like, I, I want to come see my grandbabies. And then, you know, when she would come over there, she would invite her friends over to play bingo. And, and Poppy come over there and talk all his little shit. And she that's all she did. She she had her friends come over to her son's house. All this I, shit. Well, I know that that's how retired grandmas do. Ah, oh, gosh darn it. There goes another angry text message. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it to yourself today, honey. I love y'all so much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so 
which one do would you like to do first? Would you like to look at some of the family members within a system or would you just like to dive straight into diagnosis? Let's look at the system. Okay. So along with um some of the birth order things that we have talked about in previous episodes, there are also um, some dysfunctional family roles that exist. Uh, sometimes they're solely referred to um, adult children of alcoholism parent roles, but that's not necessarily the case here. We definitely don't know what was going on with um, Oscar's daddy or what happened mm-hmm. with that. All we know that he died, but we do know that he was a player player. Cause if we have the episode where sugar mama was in dance off with the other girl and they was fighting over daddy mm-hmm. and all of that. So mm-hmm. with that name? being said, what's his daddy name? Priscilla's. Um, it, <laughs> it was Percy. 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 Percy Pratt. I was same difference. I was close. Yes. Very close. <laughs> Because I at first was, huh? Percy. <laughs> Is that his name? It was Percy, Percy Proud. Yes, honey. Okay, but in some of those roles, I definitely felt like Sugar Mama was so mean to Oscar. She was and not he mean. wanted. Yes, she was. All he wanted was her approval. Anytime that he was scared or he was hurt, he would, Mama! He would call for her. Just she was not. She was, was always sniping at him and calling him no good and his failing business and he ain't had no money and he was dumb and just... I mean, there was no say lie. It, there was no lie in anything that she said. And then, okay, but... Okay, it, so, but, okay but what about Bobby? Bobby won't do nothing either. And she loved him. But yeah, because Bobby was the talent. He was the one... Girl, bye. <laughs> That's she fa- she, I mean, we, he did. He was talented. Wow. Wow. Now. <laughs> he could sing, y'all. A broke Make down sign. cameo. <laughs> he could sing. Sing, sing, hi. Oh, now. Yes, he could. And so that's why he was favored. And um, Oscar, you know, I think she, Sugar Mama gave him a hard time because she knew he was okay. I think a lot of times parents tend to give their kids a hard time once they is like, okay, they're gonna be all right. And then they they coddle and and take care of the ones that they feel may not be the ones that are ready so much to to venture out. So maybe that was Bobby. That's my theory. I'm I mean, well, Bobby, it. I mean, and she could have done that to a certain extent where Bobby did still live with her. Cause they do talk about that, how Bobby is still living with Sugar Mama. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can see her taking care of him in that way. I definitely don't think it was necessary for her to just be playing Oscar as much <laughs> as she did. She and did. so in my mind, I felt like Bobby was the mascot. And so that kind of goes mm-hmm. with the the lovable child, the cute one, the immature mm-hmm. one, the fragile mm-hmm. one that you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so um, that can exist. And that is often the youngest child. And I do think that Bobby was the younger brother in families. I think that Sugar Mama was the chief enabler. She's the protector of the family, self-righteous, super responsible, sarcastic, and kind of like the martyr of the family. So willing to give it all for her family. And there were several times where she was willing to fight and throw down for different members of the family. She'll show you real quick on how to fight. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then I think because the they those two took those roles, I think that 
Oscar kind of bounced back and forth between the family hero and the scapegoat, which mm-hmm. is weird because they are at two different odds of the spectrum where the family hero is the caretaker of the family. They're the high achiever. They follow rules. They're often entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they seek approval. And the scapegoat is kind of looked at as the problem child. And so... Mm-hmm. They get into trouble. They are viewed as not as intelligent, um, is the rule breaker, sometimes defiant. And so I feel like he kind of bounced. They're like looked at as bad. And I feel like he bounced between those two roles because he was really taking care of the family, even though it looks like he was really just spending Trudy's money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) He was providing a certain level of security for the family with allowing them um, continuously into his home and doing, taking care and spending time with everyone, as well Mm -hmm. as being the bad one, the no good, the you the dumb one, you can't do nothing right and all of those things. And while seeking that approval from from Sugar Mama, I think that her um, needing to coddle Bobby was at the expense of Oscar. I think I can agree with most of it. I think what what I want to pull back on on is that we get to see Oscar be a real father and mm-hmm. it was in a positive light. You know, like it didn't he was a working man, he had his own business. Was it, it it's it had to be somewhat successful cuz he still had proud snacks out there where everybody can have it. <laughs> you know, um as as horrible as they were. So, and then he was very present in Penny's life. So, you know, with, with major milestones or, you know, um, teen um, issues or problems and concerns, he was there to still guide her. While he may have been childish in his ways as like the, the father figure, he was still very much um, fatherly to his children um, and was present. I wouldn't say like he was a failure. I just think that, no, 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 in no way do I, that he was a failure I definitely think uh, I agree with you that he was a very present father very involved yeah. and very willing to give support at a mm-hmm. at a good level and I think that he was trying to be the parent that he or give the parenting that he wished he got and so right. I'm not saying that sugar mama in any way her parenting style impacted his in a negative way I don't think that's the case I definitely no. feel that yeah. it gave him the this is what I will want. This is what I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the case for a lot of parents. You know, you look and you see, okay, well, this is what I wish I would have had as a kid. And, and you know, most times you try to show or give that to your kids, the things that you didn't have as a kid, which can be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes he went a little bit overboard with that, like the forcing Penny to do the spelling bee just because yes. that was <laughs> his thing. Perfect um, example. When he wanted to be the, the the person that shot the ball for the Magic Kelly uh, uh, contest and Penny had the chance to do it, the million dollar shot or whatever. And he, he lost his opportunity as a kid. So he wanted to take her and make her, you know, give him the opportunity. So yeah, it did show up in other ways. And then like, you know, forcing her to not date. And like, he, you know, he even asked Sugar Mom, Sugar Mom, was I dating at this age? And she was like, no, didn't nobody want you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, because didn't nobody want you. That's why. <laughs> That's the real reason why. <laughs> right. It had nothing to do with me, boo. <laughs> um, so that type of stuff, I think. But, does but I think that, exactly. I definitely think that there was a lot of Penny almost having to choose Oscar. 
Yeah. And like with the shot, with the um coming clean and being honest, and especially the episode where she had turned into like Beyonce or something and was an RV sensation yeah. and around the world and had all these millions, she had to then choose her father. And then end up coming back home and giving that life away. And Wizard Kelly then took all her money because, you know, Wizard Kelly don't play about his money, child. Okay. (laughs) But I feel like there was a lot of um, just times where Penny had to choose Oscar. And I think that that goes, again, back to the approval that he was seeking that he never got from Sugar Mama. So that is the only way where I see his relationship with Sugar Mama kind of impacting his relationship with his children Mm -hmm. in that kind of way. I also diagnosed uh oscar with adhd (laughs) okay to me i feel like he's a stereotypical male american male who is super concerned about his masculinity so i remember one episode where trudy changes the tv and felix come over and he's like dude you only got nothing but with chick tv you have a, a chick chick tv or or something and he's like no i don't and he starts flipping through the channel and he's like oprah 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 (laughs) and so you know trudy comes in she's like yeah i blocked all the uh, the masculine shows like espn and blah 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 and so um i think that kind of spoke to that um that masculinity, that toxic masculinity that he tend to have um with making sure that that again penny didn't date boys and you know boys are bad and this is the type of ideas that boys have um but he perpetuated this toxic toxic masculinity himself with feeling like well I'm the man of the house and I got this and I gotta do that um but I wouldn't I wouldn't say yeah ADHD like he just wanted to watch TV and be left alone. That's he was it. definitely a caveman in some of his misogynistic views and yes. um And I think that that was him trying to almost put his foot down, I guess, or like solidify his role in the house. Because he didn't. And he never did. Because because the only other male in the house was like, was BB, who was a baby, Mm -hmm. and like Puff. So. (laughs) Was Puff even a boy? He is a boy. Yeah. And then he has strong females in his house. For her age, Penny was a strong-willed young girl. Trudy was a strong woman. Sugar mm-hmm. Mama was a very strong woman. He won't get mm-hmm. nothing past that. No wins off of her. Mm-hmm. And so that on top of the fact that he didn't make as much money as Trudy made and him feeling like him knowing and Sugar Mama constantly reminding him that Trudy could have done better, but she chose him. <laughs> <laughs> I think True. some of those were him trying to like flex his masculinity because it was it was often uh, <laughs> pushed aside. It was, it was, but that, that's how, that's what I see for him. Um, I didn't really give him necessarily a diagnosis, um, but I'm interested to hear your criteria um, for Oscar. Yes, ma'am. Let's go. All right. So a persistent pattern of inattention and or hyperactivity impulsivity that interferes it functioning or development. And so for him, I selected, um, the type as hyperactivity and impulsivity um, Mm -hmm. with often fidgeting, taps, hands or feet or squirms and seat. He was moving around a lot. (laughs) It's often on the go, acting as if driven by a motor, um, Mm -hmm. is unable to be 
comfortable uh, in restaurants, meetings, maybe experienced by others as being restless or difficult to keep up with, often talks excessively. We talked okay. a whole bunch. <laughs> he did. He did. Often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed. Um, cannot wait turn for turn in conversation. Uh, often has difficulty waiting his or her turn and often interrupts, intrudes on others, butts into conversations, games, activities, may start using other people's things without asking. And so, yeah, I felt like, I felt like that fit him. And we can mm-hmm. say mild. We can say mild. We can, we can say mild. We can say mild. He behaved himself at the, um, at the, the banquet. And that's why I say mild, because I feel like there were times where if he knew that there were certain social constructs within he that he had to operate within, he could hold himself together. Yeah. But but I feel like in his true essence. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me think about how he act when uh, when BB and Cece were going for their baby photos and um, they became stars or not stars, but they, they ended up doing this TV commercial and he was in there directing the director. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That's okay. another instance where the kids had to choose him. Cause remember the Denzel Washington ended up playing the daddy and everybody was in the commercial except for him. And they show as hell went to eat lunch with Denzel Washington. And Trudy said, come on y'all, let's have lunch with daddy. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) And another thing that pops into my mind, just as far as with diagnosing him with ADHD is there are so many shots where like this, the shot is not of him. And then just his head pops out the side. (laughs) (laughs) No. And he interjects something. It just slides right back up. (laughs) Right. A little cameo and that's about it. (laughs) Caprile snacks. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Don't don't nobody watch your trash ass sex. Like strawberry and, and what did he say? No, he said pork rinds. Strawberry and pork rinds. (laughs) Really, Oscar? No wonder why people die whenever they eat your snacks. They was giving it out at the homeless shelter and everything. <laughs> they didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can we talk about sugar mamas falling asleep? Listen, when you get that age, okay, give you a nice warm blanket. I owe the sugar mama. Sugar mama is ageless, in my opinion, because she can still do cartwheels and everything. Mm-hmm. She'll bust it down real quick. Lee in the fitness class and all of that. And when it was time to pray pretzel, she was on the floor with them <laughs> folk and she was praying pretzel with them. She said, put my honey mustard right here and the salt <laughs> right here. I'm the champ. <laughs> she was on it. But with her always falling asleep, I did diagnose her with hypersomnolence disorder. And so it's a self-reported excessive sleepiness despite a main sleep period lasting at least seven hours um, with recurrent periods of sleep or lapses of sleep within the same day, a prolonged main sleep episode of more than nine hours occurring at least three times a week for at least three months. I have a question for you. Uh Who got more money in this show? The Gross Sisters or Sugar Mama? Okay, so the gross sisters were getting money more often, but Mm -hmm. Sugar Mama was getting higher number, like higher value money. So that's a good good question. 
Right, because, you know, they always had, the little one always had her hand out. She Girl, didn't have to say No nothing. words. You know my what hand, it is. Run me out money. every time. Run me my money. You know, and then I think about how many times Oscar had his wallet out and how Sugar Mama would put it in her wig. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or one time when her wig came off and you see the dollar bills in her <laughs> stocking cap. <laughs> So I just needed to know out of the two people who was getting the money the most in this show, who had the most money in your opinion? I mm. go with Sugar Mama. Mm. Sugar Mama was getting higher quantities of money, but she I had, feel like the girl sister was was were collecting on a more consistent basis. And so I'm gonna go with the girl sisters because they even had people in payment plans. They was getting passive <laughs> income. <laughs> They was getting it from faculty, from, from <laughs> the custodian, everybody. They parents, Girl. everybody. <laughs> Which is why I diagnosed the girl sisters <laughs> <laughs> with conduct disorder. <laughs> they don't know how to act. <laughs> <laughs> and so some of the criteria, it is a lot of criteria for conduct disorder, so I will not go through all of it. I am diagnosing them, though, as a unit. So this includes all three of them. <laughs> Aggression to people often bullies, threatens, or intimidates others, often initiates physical fights, has been physically cruel to people, has stolen while confronting a victim, (laughs) has has deliberately deliberately destroyed others' property, broken into someone's house, building, or a car, uh, lied to Mm -hmm. obtain goods or favors to avoid obligations, uh, has stolen items of of non-trivial value without confronting a victim. Yeah, they, they just, they all of that. <laughs> and I'll give them, yes, so, at the childhood onset type. With, pro, okay. Well, okay, yeah, there was more. I did know that there was more. With the pro-social, with limited pro-social emotions. So they had a lack of remorse or guilt. They didn't feel bad for what they was doing. They, you mm-hmm. know what it is. They did hey, not. Yeah. <laughs> they did not. There was the uh, callous, lack of empathy, um, and the shallow or deficit mm-hmm. affect. So you never saw any emotions on their face. It was just... Absolutely. Blank face, running no, money. No, there was that one episode. There was that one episode when they got one, one of them got the makeover. I was just about to say that. There was, that was only the one. Out. And she got the makeover and she did look like, look at them like, oh, this was nice, guys. But I got to go back to Robin. <laughs> Yeah. And so there was another time where right. they did show emotion. I think it was during their, um, while they were singing, because we found out that they had beautiful voices during the talent show. <laughs> yes, yes, they do have beautiful voices. That threw me off. I completely forgot about that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so again, what if else I was their school counselor, oh, I'll save that for prognosis. <laughs> The only other people that I did diagnose is... Okay, so I have to ask you this question. Do you think Bobby got high? I think Bobby got high. Uh, uh, uh. I mean, if you're going to drink a drink, 20, <laughs> twing, twing. <laughs> um, did he get high? Yes, probably. I mean, he did come over and eat all of the kids' pancakes that one morning. And he did also eat the entire Thanksgiving dinner. And the only time that I'm capable of doing something like that is um, after a nice, large um, cup of water. So 
So I think Bobby did drugs. <laughs> that didn't make any sense at all. So I'm out here. I'm going to get black eyes and, and ugly text messages and you just out here drinking water. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anytime that, um, like I have like an edible um, and I get the munchies, I can eat. I can eat a whole buffet. So I would say that there's a likelihood that he might have engaged in some edibles. I'm concerned that it was more than just weed and edibles. Because where was all his money going? If you, if like you said, if he's the talent and he can sign, then where, why is he still living with Sugar Mama? Because he's a struggling singer in LA. I mean, come on, seriously. How many people are trying to be actors and singers out there? Like he was struggling, which is why he had to live with his mom. Like and most of them in the LA are, get, are high on cocaine. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, that's not the point I was trying to make. I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> he was likely like living with his mama because most of them are like roommates out there. <laughs> Talk about the rest of them are high on cocaine. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I, that's yes, not the yes, that was that's that's the next point to be made. Um, but then okay, so why was he stuck in the 70s? You said this show came out in 2001 and he was still stuck not because, the 90s, not the 80s, but the 70s. Because they were still ah. people, they, <laughs> because there's still people who there's still people who think that like old music can still make a comeback, and he was still he he did make a, mo- a moment a moment of a comeback mm-hmm. for maintaining his style. He remained unique, like true to his style and who he was, and so I think that's that's why he was in the '70s because nobody else was doing it. He right. was fly with it. We rap country and western. No, you cannot <laughs> tell me that. Those cousins and Bobby are not getting high. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Is that five heartbeats? Yes. <laughs> we got a music group. <laughs> it's like you have to change with the times. And so I think he, but like, he, he, Bobby was not changing with the times. He was not with it. He was, I'm going to stay true to who I am because somebody going to want this one day. And they did. But did you know that Nickelodeon tried to get this first? Like they, they actually pilot this through Nickelodeon first. So what was up? Nickelodeon didn't want it. They did not want it. And so then they went to the next one and Disney ate it all up. Well, they good job, it. Disney. I think mm-hmm. that, I think, it went in waves. Like Nickelodeon was doing really good with um, having shows that kind of spoke to us with like all of that with Keenan and Kale. And then mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball after that. Like the nineties, they did real good. And then they kind of dropped the ball in the two thousands. Disney kind of picked up picked with up. shows like, um, with like shows like proud family and smart guy. They were kind of targeting us more that, mm-hmm. that won't for us, but it was still good. Oh, you're right. But um... <laughs> you're right. Oh, well, Nickelodeon had cousin Skeeter. That was the only other. Oh, they had Tyena. I felt like Tyena had like six episodes and then I felt like I never saw her again, which okay. I really liked that show because I didn't really care for Tyena because she was kind of corny. But her mom was played by Lisa Lisa. And I, I thought that I was Lisa Lisa as a small child. You could not tell me that I was not. Speaking of Taina, at first I used to think that that was the person that did the voice for La Siena Good Boulevardes, but it is the girl from All That um, who did the voice for Miss La Siena Boulevardes. 
and her name was Elisa Reyes. She was the one who did forever, endeavor, 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 endeavor. That was her. Wow. <laughs> you sing on the show all the time. Don't come for me. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> I just feel like I have a little bit. Okay, you're right. I do. And you I probably do terrible. have a better voice. But I did uh, diagnose La Cienega Boulevardes um, and her big ass Boulevard. <laughs> with. <laughs> I diagnosed her with. Funny. Yes, it was. They're all going to laugh at me. <laughs> I thought Oscar was going to be like, what are those? But she did pull it from under, the, from under the cover. I was like, that's where it came from. But he did. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not the fatherly. The whole horse's noise every. <laughs> <laughs> and why they was so big. It was so big. And the coach said, there's no slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Daddy, they ain't no flippers. I okay. Can we take a moment to talk about what's his name? Miles. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> his dad was like, he's like, Daddy, can I make it onto the team? He's like, don't call me Daddy in, in public. It's Coach. It's Coach in public. I was like, oh, poor thing. But speaking of like the fables and the moral of the story, Michael's episode where like he turned into like that gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was the first, I think, episode I had ever seen of especially an animated series addressing homophobia or, or anything mm. like that and, and mm-hmm, what that mm-hmm. does to small children. Um, so mm-hmm. I was very proud watching that episode. <laughs> proud, family. I was very proud yeah. watching that episode that uh, they had handled that in such a creative and funny way. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it kind of goes back to like back then, the things that were allowed to be said or depicted in sitcoms and, and TV and movies would never be able to happen now. I, I don't see um, that character being able to be depicted the way he was then now, especially because there's rumor that there's going to be a Proud Family uh, reboot. They, they announced that early this year. So if they're going to do that, it's like, dang. You don't have to change a lot. I hope they don't take out Michael. They needed Michael. Michael did all the choreography. Michael designed all the costumes. Michael was the integral part of their friend group. (laughs) I don't think they need to take him out. I think the the jokes might be different. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is why I feel I appreciated his episode so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because while they were like, okay, yeah, we've been laughing and joking about this, but here's some seriousness. It's not okay to treat people differently. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty awesome. Now back to La Cienega and her big ass feet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wait, remember the episode that they, that's how they were able to save Poppy from the evil uh, retirement place? It's because Sugar Mom was like, nope, I know Poppy's feet. <laughs> <laughs> and them ain't Poppy's feet. <laughs> Oh my God. You know, I'm okay. I keep taking you off topic because I know you want to get back to Leslie and Nuka. But we, at some point, we're going to put a pin in this. At some point, we do need to talk about colorism because this show, along with others from the 90s, definitely um, adds to the case or the argument, if you will, about how colorism was depicted in our, in our 
uh, movies and sitcoms and how that's um, actually showing up in our community. So we'll put a no, pin definitely. in it. No, definitely. We can come right yeah. now because I really was, I felt that they did Dijonet the same way that they did Kim and Moesha. Exactly. And it's not, it's not, it's not a coincidence that mm-hmm. is the same writer, right? Mm-hmm. Because we said the same thing with uh, when we we talked about this before, but like how they made Kim fall over and and is like begging for uh, attention from Hakeem. The same thing happens with Dijonay and Sticky. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I don't. I think that's really just the writer. I think I, now that I'm looking at it from that perspective, I'm thinking that that's how that's that's how he writes for some of his characters. And I wonder maybe if he did have that one girl that was in his neighborhood that and he might have been the, the right. one who she was chasing after so much and she was loud and did talk yes. and, and had that uh, exaggerated uh, mm-hmm. tone and the way that she spoke. I just don't understand why every single time she needs to be brown skin. Again, this could be very much his lived experience because the creator, Bruce, said himself that this was a a depiction of his family and it kind of grew out of that but it Mm -hmm. starts somewhere it starts Mm -hmm. somewhere and so again I I don't know if that goes to Ralph's personal experience as a you know as a kid or whatever um that shows up in his writing as an adult but um it it does say a lot about him and Mm -hmm. you know how he perceives these darker darker complex uh complex complexions of women and being naggy or it's just interesting how he did that and I wonder not why. even naggy just full out ghetto <laughs> yes and then there was this one episode where Dijonet was like super dark and I get they were outside but I'm like why did they have to make her skin even more darker in the dark mm. you know like it was just little things like that like I can see why people are like, yeah, this is the example, but I also want to add a different perspective. Again, talking about the writer and the producer and their experiences and who they are, because it's important to realize that these are, these are black people. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been hella disrespectful. <laughs> it would have been hella disrespectful if it was a white person. Child, it would have been all types of boycotts. <laughs> okay. But because it's a black person, our black existence also includes colorism. And if he added that in there, I think it's to make light of the fact that there are many shades and hues of us and that we we all have our different personalities that we, we're so complex. Black people are so complex mm-hmm. and there's different versions of us in different settings. And so it's just like, I think he wanted to show the complexity of Blackness in this, you know? So then my question comes then is like, do you feel like it's, he intentionally has some, not intentionally, he internally has some colorism issues that he needs to work through and that his darker characters are represented in that way? Or do you feel like he is actually being smart about it and it's the way he's portraying certain stereotypes um, in a way as commentary about it, like almost like satire? I would say almost like satire, comedy, the latter, basically, for him. Because now mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the other, the other characters that are being brought into this uh depict like you know colorism being depicted in our sitcoms and movies I think about Martin and Gina and Pam that's those are completely different producers writers Mm -hmm. creators and so to that point then I do feel like there is 
this internalized feeling or thought maybe towards people who are of a darker complexion to to criminalize them to because you know Dijonet's uh original name was going to be Delinquinita Delinquinetta that was going to be her name that was originally her name I'm glad they decided against that okay right. so even with the if it is satire like and that like that example just brings it even further like even if it if you are doing it in a way of satire you need to have something that is more explicit with the description of that and highlighting the the ignorance that goes along with colorism because mm-hmm. otherwise on like dark skinned women are suffering like you might mean it as satire but it's at the expense of dark skinned women yeah. And yeah. if you are doing a cartoon that is going to be, that you're saying is for Black youth because they are missing that representation, mm-hmm. then that's not the time to try to put that in because then you're impacting and shaping how young Black girls see themselves. Right. And so I'm hoping that with this new revamp of the Proud Family Louder and Prouder, that um, that they address those issues, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that that does say a lot. And you know, as as black people, like back, like I said, back then it was like it was almost as if they were like, okay, let's let's push the button. Let's see if we could push the envelope a bit and see what comes back. And people were so just happy and proud to see ourselves on TV that mm-hmm. we didn't necessarily see some of the other underlying things that could be wrong with it, you know. Right. Um, and so I'm hoping that they they address those things that that were just a little problematic about it. Definitely agree with you. All right. Okay. I'm so sorry. Back to Back La Cienega. and her big ass feet. <laughs> 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 Diagnosing her with narcissistic personality, which would include a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, need for admiration, and lack of empathy beginning um, by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts. Um, having grandiose sense of self-importance, exaggerating talents, expects to be recognized as superior. Mm -hmm. Um, is preoccupied with um, unlimited success, power, brilliance, or beauty. And she did. She was just, she was just beautiful. And the um, ideal love, because she was so upset when uh, Penny had that admirer. And she was Mm -hmm. like, how could they want you in that? Yeah, she was. (laughs) Yes. Um, Believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or associate with other special or high status people. Requires excessive admiration has a sense of entitlement, is interpersonally exploitive, lacks empathy, uh, believes that others are envious of him or her, shows arrogance, haughty behaviors or attitudes. I felt that she represented every single category criteria in the category. Absolutely. And of course, like, I'm just like going through, flipping through episodes in my head and I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's when that happened, especially when uh, Penny was trying to save her from from that accident when she was gonna uh when she was try- doing the audition for mm-hmm. cheerleading you know um so, and it's just interesting i i do appreciate that she did shout out penny and her dad for when she won the miss teen whatever wizard um, kelly whatever competition kelly, right. wizard kelly had and, right, he owned anything, everything. exactly anything in this show was was he wizard kelly is or owned did he own Hip Hop Helicopter? Probably did. Girl, probably. Because he owned the record company. Right. Came on his and television. I know, I know that they was, you know, it all started with an orange basketball. And they was making <laughs> fun of Magic Johnson. But y'all, even Magic Johnson don't own all the things that Wizard Kelly owned. 
I also wanted to see if you felt that, um, if you agreed, I am thinking that possibly of diagnosing Zoe with generalized anxiety disorder. What do you think about that? I, what I liked about it is that she was, she was a minority, Mm. right? And so she was trying to find a way to fit in. That was her MO the entire show is like, I want to change myself because, and she didn't feel happy with who she was or what she was capable of bringing to the friend group. And then the friend group was like, nah, we like you the way you are. But it was always a constant desire for her to change. Like, again, going back to that makeover episode, she... (laughs) she, When they gave her the makeover? (laughs) Yes. And she really enjoyed that. Or when when they did the the hip-hop helicopter episode Mm -hmm. and she had... Everybody was like, oh, my parents made me burn it. My parents shredded it. And she was like, I got mine on right now. I love the power. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I loved about Zoe. She was such a little, like, feminist. And I was like, go ahead, Zoe. (laughs) She was. She was, especially that episode when Penny was like, I want to play football. And Mm -hmm. and Zoe was like, my aunt is a lawyer. We'll make sure we, we win this. You know, and so that and I appreciated that about Zoe. And then another thing about Zoe was that she checked Penny when Penny got out of line with certain things. Yeah. Again, with that episode with, with the makeover, she's like, you're you're being her mouthpiece, just like uh, Nebula. Is it Nebula? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what her name Nubia. is. Nubia. It was Nubia, Nubia Gina. <laughs> Nubia. Olay. Yes, Nubia. Olay got the makeover and Nubia Mm -hmm. was pretty much the mouthpiece for the Gross Sisters because neither one of them talked. Um, But Penny, (laughs) Penny tend to do that for her too. So, so uh, Zoe's like, hey, you know, that one thing that you didn't like that, that was happening to her, you're doing it to her now. And Mm -hmm. she would kind of, she's like that voice of reasoning or, um, you know, that the good that, angel on your shoulder, the good angel on your shoulder that says, Hey, remember, this is what you intended. And this is not what it's looking like now. Um, and she was also very, um, socially aware. And like, um, like there was times where she would, she would, like you said, a feminist, like, you know, like mm-hmm. she's like, that's not right. And we deserve more. And, you know, then it empowered Penny to be that person that's like, yeah, stop spreading those rumors around. <laughs> 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 it was like Penny was always stepping up. It was like, no, guys, we deserve better. We deserve allowances. Let's let's live our own communities, you know. And like, so I think Zoe had a really important role. Um, I just think that she had a um, a low self esteem that contributed that could have contributed to internalizing like anxiety of feeling like she's not enough. So I okay, yes, anxiety is is good. I suppose. <laughs> Possibly, but I do completely agree with the self-esteem issue. And I definitely think that that was something that um, prognosis wise could be addressed with her is building up her self-esteem. Um, I do mm-hmm. think that Penny is a young revolutionary and would be part of Black Lives Matter in the here and now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Registering yes, people to vote me. for Stacey Abrams and things like that. Um. <laughs> yes. Where um, prognosis wise, where do you see the gross sisters? Um, well, first thing is we need to get them some Sarah V. Um, I hear wow. that it's really wow. What? Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, we need to get them some Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get them some they need Vaseline. They need <laughs> Vaseline. Though, it'd be okay. With Jamaican castor oil. Yes, yes, that's what they need. They need mm. something serious. 
mm. to take that away. Because mm-hmm. child, how is your even your hair ashy? Um, we could definitely focus on their strength and that they do have um, great performance skills. Yes. And that we could get them something into get them into something to support and build those skills so that they can build uh, confidence in other areas, because it is mm-hmm. hard to break, uh, especially children out of something once they found that they're good at it. And so they have mm-hmm. been robbing and stealing for a very long time and become very good at it. So we need to work on their strengths um, and use performance as maybe a replacement behavior because they can also make money from doing that as well. Yeah, and I think it's important to look at them individually. You know, I would be interested in working with them individually and helping the other two find their voices, like literally find their voices because they don't (laughs) speak for themselves. And so I would be really interested to know. So no, like, you know, how do you operate um, apart from each other? Because um, I think it's it's important. Like, while I do appreciate them being so close, um, I think that has, that, that can prevent them from, from growing and experiencing things for themselves and understanding themselves individual, like individually. And I think that's what happened with um, Olay <laughs> clearly wanted to, to be in, an individual, but mm-hmm. she couldn't operationalize without her sisters. And so mm. that to me is, is where the problem could be, could lie, is like that dependence for each other. And so once we have them learn independence from one another, it doesn't mean I want them to not like be together. I just want them to identify separate from each other and grow. And they could even potentially run a small business, um, large business, a whole enterprise if they wanted to, because they are such so business business savvy young ladies. They have that gift of um, knowing the the supply and demand <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um how to bring money in how to collect um maybe they do a debt collection sure. business you never know no. they're just enterprising they, young women so they could they do anything be, they need to be somebody landlord okay oh they, they have multiple side hustles they do that as well <laughs> mm-hmm. honey honey <laughs> Who so um Let's look at the Proud family just as a unit. How do you see them moving forward, prognosis-wise? Well, in the movie that someone didn't watch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In the Proud family movie, (laughs) um, Sugar Mama actually, the problem is that Sugar Mama does not respect Oscar. No. She has she has mad respect for Trudy, but the the respect level for Oscar is very low. But she actually changes her heart and her tune, um, and listens to Oscar in the Proud Family movie. Mm. And so, based off of like the Proud Family movie, um, I would the the prognosis that I would give is that they have to respect the fact that um, Penny is now a, like. Yeah, she's she was she has been a teenager or preteen, but now she's officially like kind of getting into that area of womanhood. And, you know, it was her sweet 16 and things like that. And so Oscar is going to have to really deal with his stuff with with Sugar Mama that will allow Penny to be treated as the woman she deserves and wants to be treated as. 
because Penny's a smart girl, you know, and I don't think that she needs to be babied and coddled. So I think he needs to respect her um, and where she is developmentally. I think that her and uh, Trudy and Oscar do a really good job in, in doing that with Penny and allowing her that freedom to grow. I think Oscar just struggles with it a lot more. And, and Trudy has to come in and be that voice of reasoning for him. And saying, mm-hmm. hey, Oscar, it's okay. She's responsible, you know, whatever. You wanted to do this as a kid too. And so I think there's there's promise for them. I, and with Sugar Mama, I think it's just a matter of like saying, hey, Sugar Mama, um, instead of giving, changing, I think I would do CBT especially, like change, like trying to change an, a, a little bit of narrative therapy too, like trying to change that narrative where instead of throwing and yelling insults, trying to get Sugar Mama to actually say things that like um, words of affirmation or positive um, things to Oscar um, so that it, it he feels the love and appreciation from her a little bit more. So, so more like how, behavior modification with her. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And I definitely feel agree with everything that you're saying, and especially with the part of them um, in the process of giving more freedom. And I think that could potentially come from his uh, his almost distrust of himself, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I view that in parents is where they have that just in, inability to let go and let their children begin to test the waters and, and build their own. Um, is because they feel like maybe they didn't do enough before to instill all of the skills that in the child that they need. Like it has less to do with the child and their responsibility and decision-making uh-huh. skills as it does with the parent feeling inadequate or incompetent that they gave all or did all that they needed to do for their child to have that. And so maybe as he continues to build up himself and definitely with the work that Sugar Mama would be doing to try to change mm-hmm. <laughs> some of those insults, he might feel better with himself and then can allow Penny to um, have a little bit more freedom and grow more into her sense of self because she was Mm -hmm. a good kid. And yeah, she made mistakes as all kids do, but there wasn't anything that was unforgivable. I mean, her friends were trash. Like they got her into all types of shit. So Mm -hmm. she didn't have those friends. She actually would have been a a pretty decent. (laughs) So she might've stood a chance. No, I think, but I do think that, it made her a rounded person because then the, like, again, the example with the outfits, right? So Penny is like, no, my mama told me I'm not to wear that outfit ever again. And they're like, but we got to wear it at this party, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I'm not going. Well, it's it's four of us, not three of us. And so um, had they not peer pressured her into feeling like I have to show up for my friends, I think she would have really sat that one out for the sake of respecting her mom's wishes. And the fact that my mom didn't like it. So I don't want to do nothing that's going to upset my mom. And there were several instances where that happened with this. But So are we getting the yeah. same moral of the story that we got from House Party, that your high school friends are not your real friends and they're probably all trash? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm going to have exactly. dreams about that laugh now. I'm going to hear it. <laughs> it's going to haunt me. I think, yeah, I think, you know... And that's the difference. That's the wonderful thing about being, um, you know, growing into adulthood is that you start to find the people and make friends with people who benefit and and will help build your, help build you to be a, a better person and and contribute mm-hmm. to you your growth. Um, and so sometimes some some high school friends I have high school friends like I still kick it with like two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I was about to say I got a good too as well. <laughs> School so, of uh, thousands of children. I like two of them. <laughs> and that's just how it goes. You know, I have I have one from middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so me um, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and it just happens naturally. You grow, you grow and you go your different ways. And even even with the friends that I do have, we're still very different, you know, mm-hmm. and and have lived different lifestyles and everything, which is fine. Um, but it, it's just different. So I, I could see out of all the friends with Penny, I could see her and La Cienica being friends. No, that's a lie. I can see, I her, see her, her and Zoe. Zoe. And Sticky. Her Zoe and Sticky continuing. Yeah, to because Dijanae was was trash for that rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and okay. she didn't care. At all. She didn't care. But, so, yeah, so, her and Zoe. How we said fables and, and morals of the story, moral of the Proud Family episode is that your high school friends are trash. Um, <laughs> find new ones. <laughs> We'll make better friends at work and um, at college if you decide to go. Um, those will be mm-hmm. the people who stick with you forever. Pretty much. But if you would like to support the show and help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link and become a Patreon member or donate to our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather get the kind that folds. As always, be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care what you have to say. So until next time, peace. Okay, bye.